0: Let's do it.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Short Bus Cinema. I am one of your hosts, Johnny Krug, and we're here today to talk to you about some more of those delightfully awful movies you like to suggest to us in our search for the worst movie ever made. But with me, as always, is my awesome co host, Rick, or Ricky, as you, uh, you all know him. How's it going, man? It's great, man. It's wonderful. I feel like jumping in a time machine and coming out on the other side shirtless. <laughs> Hey, you know what? Uh, th- we we uh, this movie we're talking about today is called Dragon Fury, and spoiler alert: there's no, there aren't any dragons in this movie. <laughs> I don't know what kind, I don't know what they were trying to pull on on the audience here, but I was I was a little miffed whenever you know you find out what the Dragon Fury is, and it's pretty much all but a letdown. <laughs> I was about to say, there's no dragon or no fury. That's kind of the problem. Yeah, <laughs> and if you misread this, you could be thinking you're watching a movie about dragon furries, and that's a whole different set of movies you're watching. <laughs>
2: Dra- dragon fur- fur- furries. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> but no, this is. A, I mean, this is this is going to be a really fun movie to talk about because I feel like I don't know, man. This one was suggested to us by Fabian Gomez. Correct. Oh yeah, or Betty Fabian. Yeah and this is a good friend of the show long time uh friend in general and uh this is one of those movies that going into it I knew nothing about I knew I knew Richard Lynch is in this movie so that's obviously something that's pretty cool because I mean generally Richard Lynch is in pretty quality stuff but I don't know man this movie <laughs> is this movie is its own beast it's its own dragon furry <laughs> so, it um,
2: definitely is <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh I mean do you want to go ahead and take a quick break and play play a couple little uh spots and come back to the movie? Sure, man. Yeah, so that's what we'll do right now. We'll break away. We're gonna come back, we'll do uh
2: we'll let Johnny do the synopsis and we'll jump head first into Dragon Fury. Look out, people get out of the way! Hello? Hello, who is this? Who are you trying to reach? I don't know. Oh, I think you've got the wrong number. Do I? I'm going to hang up. Wait, don't hang up. What's that noise? Popcorn.
0: You're making popcorn? Uh Uh-huh. I only eat
2: popcorn when I listen to podcasts. I'm about to listen to a podcast. Oh, really? Which one?
1: Probably the podcast on Haunted Hill.
2: Is that the one with the two guys with the beards? Uh Yeah, Dan and Gav. Most episodes, they look at two different horror movies. Each episode, they look at a world of the strange, where they look at weird things from around the world. Sometimes they even do special episodes where they look at different genres or directors' discographies and talk about them. Hmm. Do you have a boyfriend? Maybe. So where can I find the podcast on Haunted Hill? Well, you could go to legionpodcast.com, Facebook, Twitter, or just go into iTunes and search for the podcast on Haunted Hill. So, are you going to ask me out? Um...
0: And now for our feature presentation.
1: And we're back with Dragon Fury from 1995. First of all, let me go ahead and just say right off the bat that the quality (laughs) of this movie and everything about it did not in any way say 1995. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this movie was very stunted. It was like, uh, whenever yeah. I looked this up while I was watching it, I'm thinking, oh my God, this movie is about a decade older or uh, newer than it should be in my mind. It, it feels like a, a
2: late 80s movie instead. So it's uh, it's really weird. Maybe maybe they shot it and it
1: just took that long to finally get it all put together and released. Who knows? I mean, maybe because the thing is, I mean, like even the, the things that are in this movie, like a lot of the elements and stuff were very popular in the late 80s and 95 not so much. The IMDb score for this one is a 3.1 and the only actor in this movie that anyone's really going to know is Richard Lynch like we mentioned before the break. Uh, you know, Richard Lynch is in tons of great stuff, Bad Dreams and uh Oh yeah. You know, just lo- he's a- he's a great character actor um and this movie's directed by somebody named David Hevener. And um, he's done a lot of acting, but as far as directing goes, it looks like a lot of his movies have that. They, they look like they're made for like riff tracks. I mean, Deadly Reactor, Twisted Justice, Kill Crazy, Prime Target. A lot of those direct to video like Van Dam rip off movies from the '90s. The uh, the plot synopsis for this: a guy named Mason, a dragon warrior from the future, and again, dragon warrior doesn't mean what you think it does. <laughs> He returns to the year nineteen. 19- returns, okay. He returns to the year nineteen ninety nine in search of a serum that can com- combat a disease simply known as the plague. I'm glad they really, really thought about <laughs> giving they worked a- on that one. Yeah, yeah. What should we call this? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> they, you know, you watch these zombie movies and all this stuff, and they always come up with this like really clever name with you know a bunch of abbreviations. And this one, they're just like, let's call it the plague. People know what yeah, that it's is. The plague. Um, so, <laughs> so this is in the post-apocalyptic in the post-apocalyptic world of 2099, which I don't think that's right. Is it? Did it actually? Uh, well, I, uh, does it really ever? I don't know if it actually ever says that. No, I don't think it does. The, they do, they do say yeah. 1999 a few times, but yeah, not 2099. But uh, right. apparently, an earthquake has destroyed all of civilization. And the plague is the deadliest menace of them all, which is funny because as we as we talk about this, that's one thing that didn't make any sense to me is they keep talking about an <laughs> earthquake bringing the plague. And I'm like, I don't think it works that way, but <laughs> you go ahead and explain it to me.
2: Oh, man, I, I got a bunch of stuff that we're going to have to discuss because my brain hurt after this one. <laughs> 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 the first thing I noticed is it's a dirty squirrel production. <laughs> So that may tie into your dragon uh, furry, you know? <laughs> did, did it really say Dirty Squirrel Productions? A dirty Squirrel Productions. So, hi, that's I'm Dragon awesome. Furry. Hi, I'm Dirty Squirrel.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. Or well, just a, a late 80s, early 90s, like Disney cartoon. <laughs> uh, and I've, I've just got says somewhere in the uh, apocalyptic
2: future. That, that's all I really got. So, folks, I'm just going to break down the beginning of this for you because you can get lost real easy. This happens in the first three minutes of the film. So what you got here is you got a bunch of shirtless ninjas running around killing families in front of an olive garden.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then it cuts inside the four shirtless, shirtless ninjas taking swipes at, I don't know,
1: our hero from... uh Mortal Kombat. He's like standing on this platform. It's like the people around him are lit up, but he's also lit up. It's almost like a like a some kind of I don't know uh, <laughs> performance arts about to break out. Exactly, and because that's what I got here. It's like
2: it's, he's on this little small platform. It's like he's afraid to step off of it because he's probably going to break the red light bulbs that are like. There to simulate an effect. So, hey, don't step on that. You're going to tear up the whole shot or something. <laughs> yeah. So, he's on this little bitty platform and his knees are locked and he's got four shirtless ninjas running around him with swords. And needless to say, they, they kill him. And when they do, then there's a woman over there in the corner with crap on her face, yells, <laughs> No! Then the shirtless ninja comes over to the woman with crap on her face and takes her daughter away, who also has crap on her face, and uh, places her in the red light uh, red light of doom platform. <laughs> Jeez. So it's like they're doing a sacrifice of some kind, but you really don't know why. It's post-apocalyptic. It's supposed to look like, I don't know, it's like Conan meets, I, I don't know, like a ninja movie. I, your guess is as good as
1: mine on this one. Oh, dude! It was it was like two different time periods, and they just decided to throw them together. It just it, it's it's completely bonkers. The one thing I noticed right away is the yep. main actor in this movie. He uh, it's like he has he has like the hair of Heather Locklear around this time, but he but he's got like the body of Urkel. Oh, yeah. But not like Steve Urkel. It's like it's like whenever he <laughs> Steve Urkel would drink the the potion and become Stefan or, Urkel, he's got that body. <laughs> So it's a little bit more toned, but yeah, he's got that Heather Locklear, you know, Melrose Place hair going on. It's like, dude, right. his hair was was something else, man. But before we see
2: him, here's, the, here's where you can get lost real easy, because the shirtless ninjas are circling the little girl, and they look up and they see another shirtless ninja <laughs> with heroic music playing about it, so he must be the good guy, right? Here's the problem with this movie: the the sound editing is atrocious. It's probably the worst I've ever heard of any movie, and that's saying a lot. That really is saying a lot. Oh man! It, it <laughs> breaks out into this big fight of a bunch of shirtless ninjas fighting the other shirtless ninja. And hey, Johnny, you know how you can tell a good shirtless ninja from a bad shirtless ninja? How's that? Arm bands. He's got little armbands
1: on, <laughs> so you can tell which ones good, and which ones are not. I, I actually couldn't. I didn't. I don't think I caught on to that for some reason.
2: Yeah, I was just watching. I was like, oh, wait a minute. That's the only way you can tell the difference because they've all got the wraps on their heads, so you can't tell who's who. But yeah, but we it goes right into one of the greatest. What greatest? Greatest is the wrong word. One of the worst edited. <laughs> Fight scenes in history. I've got a little sound bite of it, and you can hear like people to be mid-scream, and it cuts off and goes to another scene. So it kind of <laughs> sounds like this. And see, so it just cuts. <laughs> it's like you, and it, and it cuts off. You know, just like when you're talking to somebody on a cell phone, you lose service, right? <laughs>
1: Hey, well, this was this was right around the time cell, cell phones were created, you know, 1999.
2: So. <laughs> That's right. And they're fighting on the second floor in this building, right? So all the ninjas run up to fight him. And after this big fight, right at the end of this edited scene you just heard, uh, he throw <laughs> he throws his sword down to the ground, and you hear it like he stabs a dude with it. <laughs> he just takes it and throws it like you you know, like when you were a kid, and you took a screwdriver and you tried to stick it in the ground. It's that kind of thing. But you hear a guy go, oh! (laughs) (laughs) And he did that so he could somersault flip down to the ground, right, and get his sword back. And, uh, you know, sure enough, there's a dude laying there. (laughs) (laughs) Then he kills about six more and uh, pretty much grabs the, the woman and the kid that's got the crap on their face and says, come with me. And she says, but my husband. And he goes, let the dead bury the dead. And I'm like. Yeah, what, what does that
1: mean? Yeah, like. <laughs> that makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, this movie was written and directed by the same guy, so and he he seems to have done a lot more acting than he has. Well, no, honestly, that's not fair. He's done a lot of directing and writing, so he just wasn't very good at it. Apparently, he pops up in this movie, but I don't know who he is. Oh man, I I should have
2: looked that up. I didn't even check. <laughs> yeah, I saw it said a guest, a special guest appearance by you know he has got his fingers all in it. <laughs> So here's the fun part, folks. We're, we're in the post-apocalyptic. It's 2099. We almost get a Battlefield Earth moment here because dude picks him up and throws on the back of his Harley and drives off. <laughs> wow. That just kind of blew my mind when it happened because we're, we're like Conan the Barbarian here, but we're on a motorcycle. How he knows to drive one? Who knows? Where he gets his gasoline? Who knows? Just go along with the play, Right. Uh, but like you said, the the dude's name is man- Manson Mason, <laughs> not Mason. Manson. Uh, man, that would be a whole totally different movie. movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you can block me in, but you can't block me out. He <laughs> <laughs> was the little dance he was doing. <laughs> oh man!
2: Yeah, so it's Mason, but from now on, I'm going to call him Master Mullet. Because like you were saying earlier, Johnny, this dude is wearing it, man, and proudly. I don't even think it was a wig, either. I think it was real. No, it was a real mullet, man. It was the real deal. So they get on the motorcycle, and they drive to this dude, Milton, who has his own place. And this guy, he probably has some acting chops, but there's a problem. And the big problem for me is the the guy really sounds like a cartoon character. I've got a sample of him talking here. I mean, it really sounds like somebody be a Muppet or something.
0: You had us worried. Well,
1: what have we here? Kind <laughs> of on Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills? What were you doing in that godforsaken
2: place? Woman is sick, Milton. <laughs> so he's got these little, like half spectacles on, right, that you look down over like you're an old guy, right? And he's got them pushed down in his nose, and I'm wondering if it's shutting his nose off and it's making him talk like this.
1: Oh, man. H- everything he does is just so over-the-top, just over-overacting. And, and I don't know, you said he might have some acting chops. It's hard to say. I mean, as far as this movie goes, he's probably the next yeah. after David Lynch, so... Or, not David Lynch, Richard Lynch. <laughs> That'd be a different movie, too. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Starring David Lynch and Marilyn Manson. I mean, uh, Charles Manson. Well, Marilyn Manson. Who cares? <laughs> I think we're writing a better movie. Yeah. Actually, uh, yeah, we we get to the end of the show really quick.
1: <laughs> they call him Doctor Milton, and then they call him Milton, and then at one point they say Van Milton, and I'm like, what's his name? Like, <laughs> is Milton his first name? Is is he Doctor Milton? Is he Doctor Van Milton? Is his first Come name on, Van? I don't think any yeah. of them had any direction on what to call the guy. They wrote
2: limericks about him, you know, children's limericks, you know, Doctor Van Milton. <laughs> don't you remember that one? <laughs> Doctor Van Milton said on a hill. But also uh, hanging out at Milton's place is is um, Master Mullet's main squeeze, and I never caught her name either
1: i just Uh, called her tia carrera she was she was a knockoff tia carrera but her name actually let's see i have it regina oh that's that's original (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't really establish her as his like squeeze it's just she's just kind of there and then later on you find out that you know there's a little bit more to that situation I mean, yeah, we'll get there. Uh, so they're they're
2: meeting each other up again, and he's bringing the, the, the woman and the kid in, and they're hiding them because they know that these shirtless ninjas are chasing them. And they hear some sirens off in the distance, so they know somebody's coming, so they hide the mother and little girl. And you hear a knock at the door, and the door busts open, and you get this guy that comes in. He's he's like, one part Gene Simmons, one part Conan the Barbarian, and the other part Mario Van
1: Peoples. <laughs> Dude, the Gene Simmons vibe was strong with that dude. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, so there's
2: him, and then this other guy. I just call him Samurai Redneck because he's like just not as cool as the other one. I don't know. Kind of had long hair and a scruffy beard. I don't know. He had no reason to be running around with a sword. I can just tell you that. <laughs> and and it, and coming in between them is Richard Lynch, who's you know the ultimate baddie. Like you said earlier, he's he's always worth watching, even if the movie is crap. But this is the makeup of our AAMA,
1: which I don't know that they ever. Do they ever tell us what the AAMA is? I mean, they don't. But I mean, all I could think of it was like some like I don't know mutated version of the American Medical Association, just with an extra A in there. That's like it it was really (laughs) weird. I was thinking too. And the
2: thing is, they'll knock at the door and say, "Open up, AAMA." I'm like, "Well, how many was that?" It all runs together. But they come in, and Gene Conan starts running around looking at the place, and, and uh, Master Mullet's girlfriend's the distraction. She's in nothing but a towel, and comes out of the darkness and is like, you looking for somebody? And he's like, hey, baby. No, you know, he's not he, like that at all. Not
1: at all, dude. He throws her aside <laughs> like she's garbage.
2: I love this. So, they saw Master Mullet's motorcycle out front. So, Richard Lynch knows dudes there, because he's the only guy in civilization now that has a freaking motorcycle. <laughs> And Richard Lynch asked Milton Why the vehicle is there (laughs) And we get this uh, this description of why It's fantastic
1: (laughs) I used it to go get me some bread Hey you, you know what though man you you joke and you laugh but i would say whenever dr dre put out the chronic the original chronic and they had that whole song about buying bread in south central i mean it was pretty hard hitting this movie actually i don't know i think it was a very it's a very much time capsule of what it was like to live in um in that 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 era
2: <laughs> it's hilarious
1: oh so, anyways, after he gives
2: him the bread story, Richard Lynch basically tells him, "I don't believe you." No, I wonder why. Good <laughs> <But> for him. <laughs> uh, the baddies leave, and Milton tells us the story. We get a, a kind of a backstory of why this is all happening, and he talks about the disease that's wiping out everybody. Like you said, they just call it the plague because they're so non-original. And he goes and finds these newspaper clippings from 1999 about a man. Who it was a man made plague, so you know it wasn't something that just nature took care of itself, it actually was something that was they're saying was man made, but then there was another person that created a a cure for it. So we're setting up a true back to the future right here, folks. That's right. Not only are we ripping off Conan, what else are we ripping off here? Highlander, Uh, (laughs) I mean, maybe a little Terminator thrown in there, Beastmaster. Uh, yeah, we're gonna rip off Back to the Future now. So don't get excited. Great Because when you think Back to the Future, it's it's not going to be what you think it is here. <laughs> uh, so Milton builds a t- builds a time machine. I wish I had Michael J. Fox saying this.
1: You built a time machine out of a wooden chair and two strobe lights. <laughs> oh, dude, this time machine was great. I mean, we
2: watched what was it, Death Sport? where it was kind of the same thing where they took uh, David Carradine and strapped it down and just put a strobe light right on his face. Yeah. <laughs> this is almost the same thing, except they couldn't even afford something to strap it down in. They just had a wooden a wooden chair that you sat in, right? Oh, man, it's fantastic. But anyways, uh, just like you need it to happen because we're telling a story here, um, so the, the, the baddies show up again. A-A-M-A show up again. Just because they want to, I guess. Just the ninjas at first. So we get more bad edited fights and all this stuff. And then out of nowhere, Tia
1: Carrera just pulls out a gun. Starts shooting people. Now, And again, that doesn't really fit in either with what's happened to this point.
2: Yeah. How is this established? And how many bullets do you have? You're right. I mean, you're talking about a gun that's, I don't know, 100 years old. You think there's still going to be bullets for that kind of stuff? I don't know. (laughs) Is this this when they're actually getting into the future? I mean, Oh, yeah, this is where, yeah, because Master Mullet says, send me back. And then we get the rules of how this all works. So we're getting our uh, escape from New York moment here. All right, well, you've only got 36 hours, and, and after 36 hours, you've got 20 seconds to jump through the door, the portal through time so there you go and he. This is, this is what kills me too he gives him some aspirin because he said you'll have a heck of a headache when you get there what the hell <laughs>
1: <laughs> this, it's just so much random stuff thrown into this
2: so you got shirtless ninjas fighting Tia Carrera and she's shooting them with a gun and then Master Mullet strapping himself into the, the time machine which is you know like I said strobe lights and a fog machine <laughs> and uh, yeah he just disappears right and then the baddies are chasing Tia Carrera and she jumps in the chair too. So here's the thing. She don't take any aspirin. So we've got some
1: inconsistencies here already. Well, and also she doesn't bother to put any clothes on or anything before she jumps into it either. Well, I think didn't she she had clothes on when she got in it, right? I don't think she did. I, I think because but she, she had to she was almost naked whenever she was uh well yeah you're right I think there's just some continuity here because she was there. upstairs
2: fighting them with the gun and all that stuff uh, apparently when you come out of the time portal in 1999 you come out shirtless
1: yeah well and and it does, and there's really no idea of where you're gonna to be transported to because neither one of them get transported to the same area. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that kills me too cuz <laughs> you know you're just going back in random time and just hoping you end up somewhere in the vicinity of California right <laughs>
1: yeah you you could end up on a roller coaster i mean the, anything well and and they set up this gag this this just married gag with this <laughs> i don't even know how to explain this but it was done for comedy and it just didn't work at all oh, man, man. Um. Just this. well,
2: it's one of those situations where he, he had a friend that was popular at the time, which was I don't know if you know them or not, but they were huge in the eighties. Man, I mean, they did all kinds of pinups together. Oh, okay. twins. You know, they were they were a big deal. <laughs> Both of them. <laughs> <laughs> and and, uh, and the uh, the women are the oh <laughs> exactly. So you got this this hottie, and then you get a nerd that she just married, right? So they're just married. So what's going on? You got you got Master Mullet has come back, and he's in a hospital. So he wakes up on a gurney being rolled, or we pick up the story where he's been picked up, rolled into a hospital, and they don't know what's what's wrong with him. And they do a bunch of tests on him, and they basically realize that he has amnesia, and he's dead. Boom, boom, boom. Well, the, the so, amnesia
1: thing too is just crazy because, it, it, again, it was it was unnecessary. It did nothing for the well. For the, nobody else gets amnesia. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was the aspirin side effect. Uh,
2: that's what I'm saying. He's the only one that took it, and he's the only one that stays in the hospital for all this time because he's got amnesia, and everybody else is running around in the streets. <laughs> but during the during the the situation of the just married couple. She's going and getting dressed into some lingerie. And then on the bed where the nerd is laying there ready for her, uh, Tia Carrera pops up, well, shirtless, on the bed, right? (laughs) And then, you know, his wife comes out and sees it her in there and starts getting mad and throwing stuff and Tia Carrera jumps up and steals dude's jacket it's basically a tuxedo jacket because they just got married and runs out the door with it and (laughs) the best part is when the husband says hey maybe we can make it a threesome
1: yeah, this whole scene was weird. I mean, I guess, yeah, the director would have had to be really good friends with these people. just to. The scene was just so out of left field. It fits in with nothing else in this movie. Well, here's the thing that
2: gets me to, and this is just... I know it's just because we're supposed to go along with the story, but she gets dude's jacket. She puts it on, so we're running around shirtless with just a jacket, which is pretty hot, I have to say. Oh, yeah. I like it. But uh, she reaches into the, the, the coat pocket and pulls out the keys to their car. Yeah. Well, automatically, she knows what car keys are she knows what car is theirs <laughs> and she knows how to drive a car
1: oh yeah how's that possible <laughs> dude there's i mean this movie is just so all over the place and, and it's funny too because you're in the future also but the car she's driving is like a Buick skylark or something it's, <laughs> it's like not even futuristic
2: oh man but yeah, I mean, the, the fact that she picks up the keys out of her pocket and knows exactly what they go to, and knows which car to get in, and just takes off in it, and that's, that's something throughout this whole movie. These people from the future, from, you know, all these years when everything's been tore apart and there's no, you know, it's post-apocalyptic, but they all know how to drive old 80s cars, you know? <laughs> Pretty well, yeah. So at this point, when this is going on, back at home base in Milton's place... Uh, Richard Lynch forces Milton to send uh, Gene Conan and, and Redneck Samurai back in time. So and here you go. You're getting your Terminator kind of set up, right? So now we're sending them back. Gonna go back in time. Yeah. <laughs> they, they needed a... They, this movie needed a, a bumping soundtrack. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute, too. <laughs> Before they go back, though, uh, Gene Conan... Or Conan Simmons, whichever you want to call him Found the mom and the daughter And he kills the mom, but the, the daughter's still alive I don't know what the significance is Really of that, but Did you notice this when Redneck and, and Gene Get sent back, they just sit in each other's lap In the
1: chair <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think this is a one-seater uh, I, I'm just, you know, throwing it out there In their defense, though They probably knew that they would both be separated So why not spoon on the on the, the ride over <laughs> Oh, man. So they sit on the chair,
2: and then they pop up, and we cut to 1999, where Color Me Bad is hanging out, smoking some pot.
1: Oh, my God. And, I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm, right. That is awesome. First of all, Color Me Bad is the perfect description of this gang. This is a street gang, by the way. But, oh, my God. Like These guys are supposed to be toughs, these street toughs, and uh, they decide to like pick a fight with the... Uh, AARP or the <laughs> AAMA, or whatever, um, and AARP. It is just, yeah, it is just so weird and bizarre. But the fun thing about it is it's it's got like a video game feel to it because it's just like wave after wave of street yeah. gangs. It's right. like you're playing Double yeah, Dragon or something, and just <laughs> that's
2: exactly what it's like. <laughs> and the fight scenes are pretty bad. I mean, you can see them stop and plan their next. Okay, we're supposed to do this other thing next. Okay, stop. Okay, now we're supposed to do this other thing next. And it's it's poorly executed. You can tell that these two baddies that we got right here were kind of hired because they had some experience in some martial arts and kind of knew how to act a little bit. And that's the extent of it. It's kind of like you're cast in No Retreat, No Surrender. I mean, kind of the same deal.
1: Well, I mean, okay, so you're you're in a boy group, and you're on the set of I Want to Sex You Up, and all of a sudden a director, Michael Heavener, comes up to you, and he's like, Hey, guys, could you guys just fill in for a couple of street toughs for, you know, 20 minutes? And, of course, you're going to, you know, jump at that opportunity to fight Gene Simmons... (laughs) <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't know, man. This that was such a good description of these and guys. Before they do that, they,
2: they take they take they got a tracker with them so they can follow them. Now this is the other thing I don't understand. They've got this tracking unit that's basically, I think it doubles as a sword too, because you've seen this thing where they push a button, it's a little almost like a lightsaber, but a real blade comes out of it, which again yeah. makes no sense because <laughs> the blade is so long and the handle is only as big as the palm of your hand. So yeah, that. That We up something there, too. But that's okay. It's, it's a tracking device, too. And how they've got it set up to where they can find Master Mullet, I have no idea. But they just walk around, and it beeps. Beep, beep, all the time. Well, anyways,
1: the Color Bad takes it away from them and throws it to a homeless guy. Which is weird, too. Who's just too. walking by. Yeah, because the homeless guy just, like, leaves. <laughs> he doesn't even hang around. He's like, oh, got myself something. And just goes and just exit scene. <laughs> and he's like an Australian. But, yeah, I'm kind of wondering if that's the director. That probably was, dude. You know what, now that you say that? Because I could not figure out why they had some random Australian dude in the middle of South Central or wherever this is supposed to be. (laughs) Instead of saying Gene and Redneck all the time, I'm just going to call them G and R.
2: (laughs) 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 You are ready to rock! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so G-, G and R are beating them up in the streets. And then uh, Gene cuts dude's head off. Oh, this And then is they steal some of the clothes and they take off. Oh, man, yeah, Dude, the, the head scene.
1: That fantastic. decapitation was so good, man. It, again, something that doesn't really fit in with this movie. And you don't really get it anymore. I, I don't know. This might be the best kill of the movie if not the only memorable kill. But, yeah, <laughs> it caught me off guard because there, it's a daylight. It's, see, we're talking about this as if, you know, it's just like, I don't know, like, South Central nighttime gang fight. No, this is, like, bright, sunny, yeah. 9 a.m. in the morning. So this is a yeah. real clean decapitation in the middle of the street. And you get the blood spurt
2: that comes up from behind and stuff. I mean, it's you know, it's, it's, it's pretty decent. So It was, it was here's, very here's trauma. Here's my question, though. Very trauma. Oh, absolutely. Who did? Who are the ones that kind of released this? I, I know they did some distribution for it. So, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, at the beginning of it, you see the trauma thing come up and stuff, so... The thing about it, and we're getting to it, um, it cuts back to the hospital at this point, and there's two doctors that come in, which are the two that we're talking to earlier to talk to uh, M- uh, Master Mullet, and uh, obviously the uh, the female doctor, there's going to be an attraction there. You can already see it. That you can, you know, you've seen this movie before. It's it's set up, you know. So hot doctors talking to him gives him the name of Joe. <laughs> Cause he's a, you know, he's a missing person with amnesia, so they don't know what to call him. But uh, we cut back to G and R walking down the street, and they find the homeless dude. And the homeless dude, hey, say, hey, I'll give it to you, but uh, give me a dollar. And then Gene Conan picks dude up by his neck and throws him like, I don't know, thirty feet. And yeah. I'm sitting there going, wait a minute. How did this happen? Because maybe when he cut that dude's head off, he got the quickening from from Highlander. So that dude's spirit got in him and made him stronger. So that one kind of caught me off guard. And like you said, in true double, double dragon formation, man, we're marching into Chinatown. Oh, dude. And here we get to meet the Chinese new kids on the block. Uh, this fight scene goes on a little longer than it should. And it's basically, hey, y'all, y'all in our territory, Chinatown. And they just break out into a fight. <laughs> That's the confrontation.
1: <laughs> yeah. There's real, I mean, nobody started anything. Uh, a punch was
2: thrown and, you know, that was kind of it. But uh, <laughs> towards the end of it, you got uh, redneck samurais slashing a few people here and there. But then uh, you got Gene over here fighting Marky Mark, who's this great <laughs> big, like, bolo-looking dude, man, with a with a wife beater on. And he picks him up and throws him over the edge. Uh, That feels very trauma as well. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And uh, we get from that, it goes back to the hospital, because, I mean, let's face it, Master Mullet, he's just, I don't know, he's just laying in the hospital. He's not doing anything.
1: Well, and I kind of wondered how where they were going to where they were going to pick this movie back up with him because he's like the hero of this movie so i mean they laid him up right exactly. away
2: so hot doctor decides it's a good idea to hypnotize him Jeez. don't know that that's a good idea i think she's maybe she's trying to break it up or something to where he can think normal again or something i'm not exactly sure but she gets him to watch a candle and it flashes back to conan simmons running around killing his family his 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 wife and his kid and uh so basically you're finding out like like you were saying earlier there is no dragon the dragon is this clan right this this foot troop that works for Richard Lynch so that's kind of what we're figuring out here I love this during this we get a flashback and it's like Richard Lynch and he's got master mullet like strapped down like like Rambo 2 you know where they're tortured him <laughs> <laughs> and you get this flashback and basically Richard Lynch is like pinhead you are in hell. And all these kind of things. Oh, I mean yeah. even the lighting behind him looks like Pinhead. And during this time, when uh when Master Mullet's in the constraints, uh you know, Richard Lynn says, We call this the Dragon's Mind Control Training Facility <laughs> <laughs> I'm like,
1: what? <laughs> Dude, like that all of that dragon stuff seems so like shoehorned in, man. Like I felt like they got a working title for a script and they called it Dragon Fury, and then somewhere along the line they're like, where does that come into this movie? Like, we might want to mention something about that.
2: I just wonder how many tux- takes it took for him to get the Dragon's Mind Control Training Facility. Don't believe me? Hear it for yourself. We call this the Dragon Mind Control Training
1: System. <laughs> Sounds so That's official. a mouthful, folks. It's, it's official. <laughs> That's like when they're that's like uh, when they're like introducing you, uh, you know, to ITT Tech or something, and we are proud members uh, of the AARP. lack. <laughs> <Affleck. laughs>
2: so, uh, Master Mullet decides it's time to get up and sneak out of here, and he's looking out the doorway and he sees the hot doctor. So he sees her kind of sneaking out. So he's going to try to follow her. It really gives no reason why. I guess, you know, who knows? Maybe he's lonely. But uh, <laughs> G and R are on their way. They're, like, across from the hospital, and their little beeper's going off, and they're walking towards the hospital. And Tia Carrera's on her way, too, and she's found a shirt.
1: <laughs> yeah. Don't know where, don't know how. Don't she worry about it, though. It's not going to stay on too long. <laughs> not too long. <laughs> so,
2: Master Mufflet follows the hot doctor out to her truck, and he knows how to open a truck door all of a sudden. You know, again, it's those things where he just walks up, and opens the door. You're like, wait a minute, <laughs> dude! You're from you know 2099, where there are no cars. You're gonna know just to walk up and open this car door. I, again, this stuff just freaks me out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was written in the Sanskrit. So
2: he's trying to get her. He says, "Hey, you gotta help me find the cure." And she's like, "Obviously, you're crazy." Then G and R show up, and we're gonna have to throw down in the in the car garage. But. She's trying to crank her truck and it won't start. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed this or not, but in the battle, she just gets out of her truck and just goes to another random car and cranks it. <laughs> no, I didn't notice that at all. <laughs> yeah, her truck won't start. So she gets out of the truck and goes finds this jalopy. It's like a an old Ford LTD or something. And cranks it up and that's what
1: they all jump in
2: <laughs> to leave. <laughs>
1: This this whole scene here feels like it, it really has that Terminator vibe. If, you know, the Terminator yeah. was done on a budget of, like, a, a local Cash for Gold commercial. Chicken to cash. Chicken to cash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, it's weird because, like, I I, I don't know, man. There, there's so many tones to this movie, and this is where they're trying to, like, have some kind of suspense. But there's no other part of this movie that's really like this. Kind of like the comedy scene, like... I don't know this. I, yeah, I don't know what the hell it's trying to be. I like
2: your I like your word there. Tones. There's definitely some tones to this thing, man. <laughs> That'll be our new catchphrase. That's got some tones. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So while she's getting in the car and cranking it up, then uh, Master Mullet cuts uh, Redneck's throat. Just splits his throat right there. A pretty decent effect. Looks pretty good. And then uh, Master Mullet and Tia getting the hot dogs car and. Gene jumps on the back and then we get this weird scene here, man. Where it's there's some name confusion going on. And <laughs> this thing's pretty entertaining. Check this out. <laughs> <laughs> wow. John, go on Mason. Go on Mason. Mason. Hey Mason. Mason. His name's Mason. Hey
1: Mason. Mason? That that is so excellent. I, I also like the fact that he's at a hospital and instead of John Doe it's you know, he's Joe Doe. It's Joe, Jodo Jodo. <laughs> It's like, when did you guys change that thing that's always been a thing? Wait, did you catch Joe do you Dope. know what the you know what the hot doctor's name is? No. It's it's Dr. Ruth. <laughs> yeah. Of course. of course. Yeah, of course. Dr. Ruth. Because the first thing you think of when you think of Dr. Ruth is is a hot, you know, blonde doctor. <laughs> I just love the fact that they get in the car and we've just cut a dude's throat open
2: and there is a, you know, Gene Simmons Conan guy hanging on the back of your car. And all you're worried about is if his name's right or not. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not, what's going on? Why did you kill that guy? None of that stuff. It's just, uh, tell him, Mason. 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 And during all that, Conan Simmons falls off the back, and the car gets stuck on some two-by-fours. That's right, folks. Two-by-fours. It's like the wheel gets in between a couple of them, and it can't go any further, because they can't drive over the two-by-fours. And I'm like, wow. Futuristic. They, They really stretched on this one. (laughs) <laughs> so they get out of the car and take off running. And then Conan Simmons just picks up the back of the car. <laughs> again, this is just so random. <laughs> he picks up the back of the car and shoves away the two-by-fours and decides that now he's going to drive the car. And again, how do we know how to drive? I mean, half of them uh,
1: don't know how to put on a shirt. Uh,
2: so he's driving towards Master Mullet. And he misses him and crashes the car, so we it, it didn't go very far. So you you have to give him a little
1: a little slack here. Then all of a sudden, it just cuts to a hotel room. Let me go ahead and just say they there's a brief stop at a Motel Six for some Cinemax level yeah. sex going on. But there's a line here. Uh, Regina says, "I'll answer more questions after we rest and have sex." Like I got it right here, man. and And then she follows it up oh dude this scene is like yeah this is steamy stuff right here man well and that's the thing too is I figure you know you got your 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 Gene Simmons guy who he recharges by doing a few things and you know he can lift cars and he can throw people 49 feet and then you have this woman who in order for her to recharge she just has to throw down in some seedy hotel room yeah (laughs) which I mean again Oh my god, it is just a lot of titties! I mean, not a lot, just one, but I mean, not just one, there, there are two of them there, but <laughs> there's definitely two of them, but one woman, and uh, no, I mean, it's quality stuff, it's quality stuff. And she don't look bad either! <laughs> no! <laughs> well, the thing about this scene, if you want to call out how pointless this scene is, and, and in this kind of movie, it doesn't really matter, because, I mean, every scene's pointless, but... <laughs> I, I mean, as soon as this whole scene is done, they just dispose of her like garbage. She is yeah. She's pretty much killed off. And the way she's killed is she's yeah. just thrown into a pool, like a swimming pool.
2: You know, they're walking down the hallway outside the, the hotel room or a motel room. And, yeah, I mean, dude just jumps out. And Conan Simmons just, like, hits her right across the boobs <laughs> <laughs> yeah. with the sword. Of course, you know Master Mullet's wanting to defend her, and she's like, "No, go find the cure." And then you know Simmons just picks her up and chucks her in a swimming pool.
1: <laughs> he loves to throw people. Yeah, this dude's got a throw-in thing, but yeah, no, the, she she. It's basically like if you were at a really small motel and you were staying on the second floor, right above the swimming pool. Mm-hmm. I mean, this drop wouldn't hurt a child, <laughs> and, and she's in there floating. Yeah, yeah so just flo- like wow. Well, they built her up to be tough too, you know, like she was supposed to be like his, you know, like like they were together in this and I don't know. I, I it, again, like I said, it just it made her whole character pointless in this entire thing. Like she there was no need True. for her. It's not that big of a thing. If anything, it, it added a little bit more depth to this movie. Hmm. I maybe. mean, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Any couldn't hurt. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, uh, so at this point we got another bad foot race where the editing on this thing is just atrocious. It it's almost like the running scene in uh, Monty Python in Search of the Holy Grail, where the scene of the guys just running and they just play it over and over and over. It's kind of the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and in the process, Master Mullet stops and steals a Corvette. F- first
1: smart thing he's done so far. I mean, besides Regina. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, sure. first, that was the first. That was the first. That was the first smart thing he did was Regina, and then the car.
2: <laughs> Master Mullet shows up at the the hot dog's house. Just you know, just breaks in and breaking and entering. You know, no big deal. <laughs> Puts his hand over her face. Uh, it's okay. It's me. Yeah, but you don't know who you are. And uh, they go and get in her truck again. And they plan to go get the cure. He's told her the story. Made things make sense. And they go to the other doctor, who's her friend, who knows all about the, the the cure for this stuff right so that's their that's their way in is to get with this guy and uh, so they get together they have a hard time convincing him that it's the right thing to do and then master mullet pulls out those newspaper clippings from the future showing what happens in the future so he feels convicted to help him now so he's giving them past codes and accesses to to go do this stuff and he goes to get his coat and then they say, "Why is he taking so long?" And guess what? That's right. Conan Simmons got him again. <laughs> so now we got the doctor that's giving him the passcode because we don't need him, right? We just we want to focus on the hot doctor and and Master Mullet because that's the team up we've been looking for since the beginning of the movie.
1: So now it's just them two, and they go to this. Uh, was this when they is this when they go to the the Browning Institute is, or the Browning Center or something yeah. like that? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah cuz right. they kept saying she, she kept saying she was going to take him to the Browning Center. I'm like, I don't think that's a euphemism. <laughs> but it could be in this movie. I don't know. <laughs>
0: They're
2: sneaking into the place and you get the, the security guard that won't let them go up and all that stuff. Need to see uh, her pass and her ID. And they're like, look, man. And of course, I love the cover up here too because Master Mullet's pulled his hair back into a little ponytail and he's wearing
1: a doctor's jacket trying dude, to look a visual. Dude, it, that, he has the with that ponytail, man, it is full-on Cindy Brady, dude. It is. <laughs> that's all I could think of was like he looks just like Cindy Brady from the Brady Bunch. <laughs> and then the hot
2: doc who earlier looked very professional and everything, her hair is like, I don't know, 70
1: Stevie Nicks all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> it's like
2: it's like well, is this even her hair? I don't even look right.
1: <laughs> well, is this where they find out about the the threat of the catastrophic earthquake like the, the next day? Uh, yeah. Yeah, nobody cares. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> none I mean none of it really matters in the end.
2: <laughs> no, no. But uh they they get in and they're they're trying to run away and during the they're in the process of getting up to where they need to get, then uh, out of nowhere pulls up an ice cream truck out front. That's right. It's Conan Simmons driving an ice cream
1: truck, which is, you know, that's pretty funny. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> it wasn't played for laughs though, I don't think. That's that's the best part about it. <laughs> Well, it kind of was because the security guard says, how about a blueberry pokey? Oh, no, you're right, dude. Yeah, I have a note about that blueberry pokey. (laughs) So, yeah, he pokies him in the neck with the sword. (laughs) Yep.
2: Then it cuts from that, and apparently, I didn't know this. Did you know this, Johnny? But our hot doctor is also
1: a cold cracker. Oh, yeah. I mean, they all are. I mean, she she can't figure out John Doe, but she's she's going to... You get this code cracked pretty fast. It's like war games
2: going on in there. She's, she's typing away, pulling up all these codes. Oh, they're blocking us there. Oh, It's like, what? You couldn't even start your truck earlier.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then uh, Conan Simmons walks up to the front guard that's inside the building and says, open the door or I'm cutting your throat. So the dude opens the door and, <laughs> and he ends up shooting the dude instead with a shotgun. Hey, wait, you said you wouldn't
1: cut my throat. That's right. And he just shoots him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And that may have Uh, not been done for comedy, but I laughed a little bit at that.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the whole... uh, The Schwarzenegger. uh, uh, commando. Commando. Yeah. Yeah. I lied. So they're finding out that they can't get into the actual office that has the serum in it that he's trying to get. I don't know why. I mean, they go to a door. Door doesn't open. So... Instead of I don't know trying harder to open the door <laughs> they decide there's another way in through an air duct which is a whole lot harder to do. I'm like, dude, you're good with a sword. You're pretty powerful. You might could just drop kick that door and it'd probably just pop open. But no, we're gonna go get in a in a in an air duct instead. Wow. So they go back this back way, and there's this big empty, like, warehouse-looking thing. And they see the air duct up there, and there's this big hole in it. (laughs) Did you notice that? (laughs) Yeah. It's not like they pull a gate, uh, like a a panel down to get into it. It's just a big burnout out hole. Like, yep, it it just needed a a, a point, uh, you know, a thing up there saying, enter here. (laughs) A neon sign. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Enter here. So, anyways, we jump in the air duct, and uh, he's getting ready to go inside of there. And then he looks down, and Conan Simmons has the hot doctor. So he jumps back down, and we get another throwdown.
1: We get the the big battle, I guess you would say. Uh, yeah, th- it's well, you know, not what, very climactic. Well, yeah, and that's the thing is like this would be the big battle because you would assume later that the whole thing with Richard Lynch would be the big one, but that this one. I don't know. They they both are very anticlimactic. This one right here should have been a little bit more. (laughs) I just... Because I didn't expect him to go up against Richard Lynch at, like, full capacity. You know? This guy, I mean, this is a person that killed his family. He saw him
2: kill his wife and his kid. Dude's got super strength now. He picked up a car a while ago. This should be an epic battle. Oh, yeah. No. It's just another slow-paced kind of fight. Uh, Needless to say, by the end of it, Master, Master Mullet Cuts Conan's head off. So he's <laughs> gone. That's the end of him. Uh, it's just such a waste. I mean, you could have really done something here, but hey, I didn't make this movie. So in that case, they decide to climb back up and go back in the air duct again the second time. And they climb into the lab. It's like it just goes directly into this room. And there's no thing uh, like a gate or anything they have to push open to get in the room. It's just an open hole that goes through the air duct that just pops up in this room that really just looks like, I don't know, maybe an eight-year-old's bedroom or something. It doesn't look very official at all.
1: I think the, the further they get into this movie, the less they care about, like sets and practicality <laughs> let's just get it done <laughs> well i mean once we get a little bit further the the final scene with richard lynch and everything i i, I felt like was just shot in like a really dark room with oh yeah you know, yeah some yeah i just i didn't even try for set design or anything I'm like what the hell are they going for here uh, and that's the thing about it because we
2: you said it earlier When they get sent back in time, it's just random popping up wherever, and you have to find your way to what you're looking for. Except when Richard Lynch does it, because he shows up exactly where Master Mullet is, and he still has a shirt on.
1: I was going to say, unfortunately, he does have his top on, so you don't get to see any Richard Lynch bangers.
2: (laughs) And they probably said, in this scene, you're supposed to not have a shirt on. Trust me, let me leave it on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm doing everyone a favor here.
2: So here you go. You got Master Master Mullet, <laughs> Master Mullet and Richard Lynch sword fighting. And in the process, Richard Lynch kind of shanks Master Mullet. He's hurt. He's kind of down. And uh, he sees the portal opening up. And all of a sudden, he tells Hot Doctor to jump in the portal and go back while he stays here and defends her. Yeah, why didn't he just get up and run in there, too, and they could have both just left Richard Lynch in the past, which would
1: yeah. be too good of an ending. shes I mean, she's also too trusting, too, of this dude who she just met. Well, here's the thing. You're sending her to go take
2: care of stuff. Is she going to pop back up where she's supposed to? How is she going to know anybody? How is she going to know how to do anything in this place, right?
1: Oh, yeah, and she has no idea where she's going. No, no, absolutely not. And while she's getting into Portal,
2: out of nowhere, just uh, Master Mullet just sets Richard Lynch on fire. (laughs) 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 I'm not making this up. I mean, just, hey, we've been sword fighting for a long time, but you've hurt me and I can't win, so I'm just going to set you on fire.
1: Through all this, I mean, the one thing they want you to take away about our hero is that he's also a firebug. He's a pyro. <laughs> it's just, it's so, it's so like. There's no foreshadowing. Not that you'd expect it again, but it's like, where did this come from? It's like we're in the middle of a battle, and all of a sudden, it's exactly. just like, let's
2: let's just torch the dude. That must be the fury part of the story. The dragon fury. That, that's the dragon's flame. <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say. He's trapped back in 1999, which nobody wants to be in. <laughs> no, no. And Hot Doctor is in the future in 2099, and she gives the cure to the little girl, and the little girl don't have crap on her face no more. And they walk off like the like the beginning of Gladiator. <laughs> it's like in a field. <laughs> I don't know if you stuck around for the credits, but did you hear the song at the end
1: of it? I did, yeah. It was like oh, a ballad, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, here, here it is.
1: <laughs> Dragon
2: Fury.
1: <laughs> oh man, Dragon Fury with the original soundtrack by Dan Fogelberg. <laughs>
2: Uh, you know what this song, what this movie needed? It needed "Child of Love."
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! I almost wonder if that's the director's band or something. <laughs> song written and originally whistled by. <laughs> Dry your eyes. The dragon's gone; he flies away. <laughs> it's like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, Richard Lynch is definitely a, a chari corpse. <laughs> He even says something in there about, Don't cry, because the flame is burning brighter than the rain. It's like, what? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if he understands how fire and rain work. James Taylor did. Yeah, and that was someone they couldn't get for this movie.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's for sure. So there you go, folks. There's an in-depth look at
1: Dragon Fury. Hey, uh, man, uh, (laughs) what were they thinking in this movie, man? Like... I feel like Richard Lynch in general was way too willing to be set on fire in movies. After being someone who was, you know, set on fire, who in real was actually life. set on fire, yeah, right. I'm like, what were what are yeah. they thinking with that man? Like, how do we take him out? We could easily kill him with a sword, or hear me out <laughs> <what> about fire.
2: <laughs> Seems more effective. There's so many. Is what what were they thinking? Is I just the the just the continuity of of a lot of it for me is just painful it probably wouldn't have affected me back if i was a teenager watching this and going now now wait a minute how do they know how to drive a car again i don't know i probably would have picked it up too because <laughs> it's pretty lame you think about conan the barbarian if you took him and brought him back in time or brought him into the future
1: of 99 would he know how to drive a car absolutely not them taking on the american dental association with swords that was pretty funny <laughs> Uh, or I don't know, whatever whatever alphabet group they were fighting in this movie. Four out of five dentists recommend not getting your head cut off by somebody in a street fight. Any good lessons? you getting good lessons from this movie? Absolutely. If, if you're going to be riding on a
2: motorcycle in the future, wearing a cloak is probably not a safe idea. Because <laughs> it'll, pro- it'll probably get down in the wheels and cause a real bad accident. It doesn't happen, but I noticed it's like, wait a minute. This mom just got on this bike and her cloak was like dragging the ground. That's not a good combination.
1: I mean, I, there are a lot of things. You said one of them earlier. One of the things I learned was that, um, a good lesson is blueberry pokey will get you blueberry pokey in the neck with a sword. That's, uh, <laughs> uh, never buy your bread in, uh, Century City because that's, uh, basically where <laughs> death row records people live. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> one thing we didn't talk about, and I don't even remember what scene it was, but I know it was toward the end, was uh, a good fighting tactic I learned from this movie. A good good one is uh, just throwing my cape at somebody. <laughs> <laughs> there was a scene where yeah. one of the villains just like straight up threw his cape at somebody <laughs> and ran. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Here, take this! <laughs> but, well, I uh, found out if you want ultimate power... All you got to do is go find the members of Color Me Bad and cut one of them's head off.
1: <laughs> I want to <laughs> fight you now. Upgrades, man, for this movie. Oh, I, gosh. More Richard Lynch would have been nice. Yeah, it's that's a waste of talent right there. Uh,
2: there is one cool flashback. I don't know how I skipped it here, but there's another flashback that he does, and it looks like, it shows the same torture scene again. You get more story about Conan Simmons killing Dude's family. And there's some kind of initiation. and So that's the story here that we kind of left out. Is Master Mullet is is basically the Dragon Fury. He he was initiated to be a part of this clan. <laughs> and I can't believe we missed this. I, I, I must have skipped a page. But uh, he stands up. They do the same thing with the four ninjas going around him, and he's on the little platform again, and he kills all the ninjas. And then he takes his sword in both hands, you know, like across from him, and he jumps over his own sword and points it at Richard Lynch and takes off running. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> it's the weirdest scene. And then if you look around, it's like, well, the members
1: of Wasp are here. What's <laughs> what's this all about? Dude, Blackie Lawless <laughs> all the way, man. Yeah, it, I, it, That scene, yeah, because that's, that's the scene actually where it shows... His family killed, because Richard Lynch, whose character, we didn't yeah. even say, his character's name was Vester. Not Fester, Vester. <laughs> uh, Uncle Vester! <laughs> but basically, yeah, he he had been mind-controlling Mason into turning into, you know, basically unleashing the Dragon Fury. And... uh <laughs> And that's that's all done in this flashback scene. Yeah, we didn't talk about that too much, but you see where Mason's whole family gets killed. Yeah, well, and... you didn't miss anything but a couple of chuckles. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> because it, half of the scene is the scene from the very intro of the movie.
2: Right, it just kind of repeats some material here, but that's alright. I guess you, you're trying to make it all tie in as best as you can. It's, it's kind of like a crap sandwich. It's not going to get much better. You just keep eating it. Man, uh, so, uh, where would you sit this movie on the bus? Uh, you know what? Overall, it's not it's not terrible. No. There's a lot of inconsistencies. The editing is atrocious. That's the to me that's the biggest problem in this movie. Yeah, it's low budget. I can deal with that. Lack of soundtrack. We've seen that before. But the editing is really, really bad. And it's mainly in the fight scenes. It's almost like I don't know, you brought your movie home. And you had a headache, so you let your third-grade daughter edit the film for you. I mean, it's really that kind of bad. And uh, I don't see how anybody saw that and thought, yeah, that, that's good. So for that, being that the editing and the storyline is just kind of bonkers, I still enjoyed this because I wrote five pages of notes. So I want to say middle of the bus
1: yeah this is a middle of the bus movie i was teetering on middle or uh second to the back but i'm gonna go with middle because i i think i could watch this again especially you know have a chuckle with some friends this would definitely be one that you would pull out and show with some friends at a party or something for sure yeah and at any point somebody could ask you what's going on and even if you've been attentive you still wouldn't know
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, i don't really know
1: You want to hear something really fun about this? Uh, This had a sequel, and I don't know if the sequel was ever released, but it came out the following year, in 1996, with a completely different cast. And listen to this. Dragon Fury 2, the the first movie, the IMDb rating was 3.1. The IMDb rating for Dragon Fury 2 is (laughs) 6.8. What? But the thing that's the thing that's tricky about this is imdb doesn't have a plot synopsis it says the plot is unknown at this time but it has a full cast list (laughs) but it's it's, got a rating (laughs) yeah a different director different writer but one review on on imdb and listen to this the one review is an eight out of ten and it says a low budget but interesting martial arts action film while Norris wears a cloak over his head through the th- through the whole picture, giving the two other actors a chance to shine in their character roles, and that they did. Hats off to Robert Chapin, the hero, and Kathleen Ann Gardner, who played Crystal Blue. That sounds like the director wrote that. Like, but but somebody somebody saw this movie and was like, you know what, this movie needs. <laughs> There's just too many questions. I have way too many questions for this. Wow. Um. All right, so listeners out there, if if you've seen Dragon
2: Fury Part Two you got to let us know that it exists. Where can we find it? Uh, we're just curious. I don't know that we want to watch it, because it sounds like it's too good of a movie for us to watch if it's a 6 point, whatever you said, 8.6. That's crazy. So if anybody's seen that, matter of fact, if you've seen either one of these, <laughs> let us know. By the way, if you want to watch this, this is on uh, it's on YouTube. You can watch Dragon Fury in a very bad copy. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah. On YouTube. This oh. is it, it's weird though that like Troma picked this up even if it was just for distribution because I don't know. I feel like even some of the stuff they did like that was the quality was a lot nicer. This yeah, one felt to a certain degree. Yeah, but, but but like the editing, like you're saying just the sound editing and stuff. I feel like yep. this is probably the worst thing Troma's tacked their name to as far as that goes.
2: Yeah, you know, and and the thing about it is it's not really I mean, you can tell it's very cheap. But it's not shot Terribly, I mean, there's there's some sketchy things here and there. And again, we're watching a re- very bad copy of it, too. But, you know, if you took the action scenes out and gave them to somebody that kind of knew what they were doing, this movie could have been a little more... Well, it might have been less fun, actually. You know, <laughs> I, th- I think if you made the fight scenes too good, then the rest of the movie is kind of like it is. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the fight scenes match this movie perfectly.
1: Well, Ricky, <laughs> Ricky watched a grainy copy on YouTube. I watched the 2016 Criterion release of Dragon Fury, so uh, I don't know what he's talking about. You got you watched it in the Dragon Fury Steel Box, right? Yeah, it, it was the four K uh, restoration. It, it was AAMA approved. <laughs> it had all. It had all the doctors approving this movie. It was something else. Um, it was. It, I knew this was gonna be a fun one to talk about, though, because and, and thanks, Fabian Gomez, for recommending this movie because. Oh, I don't yeah. know that I would have ever seen this otherwise.
2: Well, he seemed pretty shocked by it too when he, he recommended it. He said, Man, I just watched this movie and I was like, What did I just watch? So uh Well how'd uh, you how do you stumble onto do-
1: it, Fabian? Like how do you how do you come across <laughs> this movie? So I don't know if we thank him or we hunt him down. I don't know. I think uh he needs to go in a time machine spooning another dude to a to a futuristic <laughs> year and try and find a cure for the plague. Which, which plague? The, the plague. The plague. I don't know. Hey, Fabian,
2: why don't you go back in time and grab Color Me Bad and bring them back to now? <laughs> That'd be just as funny. Oh, yeah. Folks, we're going to take a little quick break. We will be right back. Get out of the way! Hello, everyone. I'm Rick Morgan, and I want to share with you a scientific breakthrough that can change your life. Many people struggle through life with personal imperfections, shameful actions, and bad habits. So I'm here to tell you that there is a cure. All you have to do is subscribe to the House of Wax Classic Horror Podcast. I've been subscribed for only two months, and my results have been amazing. But don't take my word for it. Listen to these subscribers' success stories.
1: I used to have pampered chef parties at my house and murder everyone that would show up. But after listening to The House of Wax, I don't even cook anymore. I used to have bad teeth. But since subscribing to House of Wax, I show my pearly whites wherever I go. I suffer
2: with the need of bestiality. But since House of Wax, I don't suffer anymore. Huh? Oh, no, no, I still love the animals. I just don't feel as guilty with House of Wax playing in the background. So if you need a new horror show, then listen to the House of Wax podcast. It might just save your life. Hey, you guys! All right, everybody, that's it for this episode. Hope you had a good time. I, I feel like I talked way too much and Johnny didn't get to talk enough, but... Well, maybe next time I'll I'll step back and let him take over. But I just had a
1: lot of questions about this movie. I think I talked plenty, and and I think we had more dialogue than the actual movie had in it. (laughs) At least our script was better, I
2: think. (laughs) Uh,
1: But yeah, if you've seen
2: this movie, hey, jump on the Facebook group or page. It is. I don't think it's a group. I think it's just a page. But let us know what you think about it. Or if you want to see it, like I said, you can go to YouTube, check it out. Uh, you won't be disappointed.
1: Let me go ahead and, uh, and say right now: if you do go to YouTube, don't let the runtime on this movie frighten you, because YouTube right. doubled it up. So, so the movie's only like an hour and fifteen or twenty minutes, and uh, yeah, but it has right. it has it at almost three hours. And it's when you go into that, that can be intimidating with a movie of this quality. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, and what it is, I don't know if you kind of skimmed through and looked at it, but. It doesn't really play the movie again. It's almost like whoever put this movie out there went back and took their favorite scenes out and just made a collage of their favorite scenes. Oh, that's Like awesome. a mashup.
1: No, I didn't know that. Is, so, it just, is it just like an hour of like the hotel s- sex scene and then a head being cut off? It's just random clips that don't make any sense. It's like, I
2: really love this part. I'm going to put this on here. Oh, I love this part. People need to see this part again. I don't know, it makes no sense, but it's just random clips. It's not it's not the movie.
1: It's uh, so. David or Michael Heaven or the director. It's his like little end of the movie compilation <laughs> to to show you exactly what you're missing. This is why you should have liked it. <laughs> just just like the movie.
2: These are probably the the special special edition outtakes, but they're really just the same thing it's in the
1: movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. This one was a blast. I had a really good right. time talking about this one.
2: Yeah, it, it's fun. This is this is definitely, you know, material for this kind of show. So again, folks, if if you have recommendations of something you want us to cover, um we haven't really decided on what's coming next. Uh I know that we're planning on doing still want to do a commentary for the apple just because you can't pass that up. Uh, but yeah, if you've got recommendations, give us a shout. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh your mama's gram, all that kind of good stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, Johnny, has been a blast, man. Oh, yeah, dude. Folks, we will see you later. Adios. Peace.